Aloha, all you basketball fanatics, and welcome to our podcast, Beyond the X's and O's, episode, what are we at right now, coaches? 15? Like 14. I think 14? 14. 14. 14 yeah. Episode 14. Man, uh, we have any professional athletes out there with the number 14? Anyone? Probably. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, right off the top of the dome. Jeff Hornacek. Oh, Jeff Horny. Curious. You totally Googled that. You had to Google that. <laughs> oh, he, he was on standby. He had that on standby. Hornacek, man. That's another guy who sported the nutters back in the day with John Stockton, man. <laughs> hey, you got to appreciate and respect the nutters, man. When anybody can sport the nutters. Do you remember his I mean, from, not just, remember? sorry, not just sporting the nutters, but sporting the nutters in the 2000s. That's what I'm talking about. Do you remember his free throw stroke? You remember what he did every time? He did this, right? Yeah, he did this. First Wait, kid. Was that right? waving to First his kids? kids. Yeah. All of his kids. Oh, um, we should have a podcast on uh, crazy free throws. What about this one? Come on, Jason Kidd. What's wrong <laughs> with you, dude? Come on, man. Allegedly, you beat your wife, and then you want to blow kisses at the free throw line. It's like, come on, dude. Come on, my man. We all remember that. Uh, we all remember that. I think it was some kind of domestic dispute or something. That's so funny. And then next thing you know, he's blowing kisses at the free throw line. It's, dude, come on. Stop trying to cover it. Up, <laughs> well, you, you saw Kobe once his trial was over. He, he bought Vanessa that ring that was like this big. Yeah, yeah man. Kobe. Oh, yeah. The funniest thing about that story is he went to Zales to buy that ring. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. He uh, went to Zales. Uh, and they must have that like super duper back room that none of us get into. <laughs> I do I do remember though when he first bought his like very first engagement ring he did go to the mall and like everybody well I almost everybody but like all the pro athletes were clowning him for going to the mall they're like who goes to the mall of course he's like what 17 18 years old at the time yeah, we got so that. in his eyes he's just like the mall man to get a good ring gotta go to the mall oh uh, gosh by the way, was that it? So just uh, number 14, anybody else? I don't even know a number 14. Pete Rose. Ooh, Petey uh, Rose, Pete Rose, a legend. Ooh, hey, I, I got one for you. How about Henry Bibby back in the 70s, the 76ers? Oh, you definitely Google that one. No, man, oh. it just came up the top of the dome. You know how I, I, I freestyle here, man. Come <laughs> on, man. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I looked that up. I looked that up. Henry Bibby, man. Ooh. Michael Kate Gilchrist, which I think is looking for a team at this moment. Yo, Chris. Uh -oh. He's out there. Still didn't get picked up, huh? Nah, I don't think so. Oh, man. He'll get picked up. He'll get picked up. All right. So, anyways, back to the little uh, beginning opening here. I want to give everyone a, who's listening um, and watching, I should say, on Twitch, a huge shout out, a huge thank you for all you guys that are listening to as well. On behalf of all of us coaches, check us out on all our platforms. We got Google Play, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. Uh, we're growing, guys. And, um, we want to appreciate all your guys' uh, support, too, out there. Check us out on Instagram. Coach Lance will have all of those all the information down in the description below of this podcast. On the coaches panel tonight, we have Coach Bob Mack with Huey Basketball Club, Coach Lance O'Hara with Huey Basketball Club, Coach Tom Tran with Huey NorCal Dynasty, and, of course, yours truly, Coach Mel, with Huey Hawaii Heat. Now, tonight, we have a special guest. All of you listeners out there, all of you guys watching us live on Twitch, we've been talking about having this guy on the podcast for since the very first podcast, right, coaches? Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, we were uh, super excited to finally get him down. He's got a busy schedule. You know, this guy is shaking and moving, moving and shaking. Um, I'm just going to just do a 
quick little intro on him. Just a light flex, all right, Coach John? Just a light flex, okay? Right on. Uh, he is a former collegiate basketball player, former overseas pro player, played basketball um, in Europe, Australia, and now he's here locally in Rockland, California. We're so happy to have him here. Actually, we're really blessed, not only us as coaches, but the players here are so blessed to have this player. You guys have no idea um, until you hear this podcast who you're actually being coached by. And we're going to go into all the details and get to know, um, you know, Coach John. Anyways, uh, he also runs the jo uh, Pashan Performance, which I'm telling you guys right now, we're going to get into more details about that too as well. Um, we're going to do a little you know, quick bio on Coach John, all right? So we know what we're dealing with, okay? The caliber of... Uh, uh, you know, guests that we have on our podcast. Okay, he's from the dirty South, Louisiana, the dirty, dirty. He attended Slidell High School. Did I say that right, coach? That's right, Slidell oh, High. Oh, Slidell yeah. High. Man, that just sounds smooth, Slidell High, right? I'm sure you guys had a, a nickname or something. Can you tell me, was there a nickname on Slidell High? The Dell. So the, the city oh, of Slidell, small city right, right outside of New Orleans. So Okay. We just call it the Dell, just the for Dell. Short. I knew yeah. there was something. I knew it was just too smooth <laughs> of a name. I knew there was some type of nickname there. Is he attended Slack. What's that? Any kind of mascot? Like, I don't know, like a hurricane? Oh, it's uh, Tigers. Home of the Tigers. Okay. Oh, Slidell okay. Tigers. All right. Well, there's a certain college team in right in that area that has a similar name. <laughs> We're struggling, but yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you had a good year last year, so it's okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so he attended Slidell High School, uh, where he became one of the school's all-time leaders in both scoring and rebounding. In his senior year, light flex, guys, just the light flex, okay? His senior year of high school, he averaged 19.1 points, 11 rebounds, three steals. He also blocked 88 shots that year. Twice named his team's MVP. I'm telling you, this guy is the real deal Holyfield. Uh, let's see here. I got a bunch here, man. This might be a little, uh, you know, I'm going to flex hard. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just going to flex hard. All right. <laughs> he was also an all-state, all-metro, and all-district selection. His senior year, he was named MVP of the district. And then he took his talents to McNeese State University. Stayed in Louisiana, didn't go out of state. Uh, home of the Cowboys, huh, Coach? Did I say that right? That's right. That's right. Hey, man, That's I've, been doing my, I've been doing my homework <laughs> on you, man. I got the scouting report on you, man. Uh, NCAA <laughs> Conference, the Southland Conference. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just skip to, uh, you know, his junior year in college, 2007-2008, where he was among the Cowboys leaders in just about every department, averaging 11.4 points per game in conference games, also averaging 7.2 rebounds, was named winner of the team's Joe Dumars Award, had three double-doubles, season and career high, 26 points versus Texas State, 17 rebounds versus Central Arkansas. Are you guys impressed? Not with, jo not with Coach Fair. John, with, with, with my research. Fair. With my research. Research. It is good. It is good. Well, that's what we're talking about. Your research, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good research. Hey, forget, forget Coach John, all right? Forget Coach John. How about my research, right? Uh, let's see here. He led the team in rebounding in nine games, double scoring figures in 13 games, also double rebound figures in four games. I'm telling you, kids, if you guys are getting trained by Coach John right now, if you don't know, now you know. So check it out. 
In 2009, uh, he enters the NBA draft. He doesn't get discouraged because he didn't get picked up. He didn't go home and cry to mommy. Well, I, I don't know if he did, Coach, but I'm sure it hurt a little <laughs> bit. But we're going to get into more details about that. But he takes his talents and plays professionally overseas in Europe and Australia. We're going to jump skip to 2013. Uh, he's playing for now. I might mess this name up, but I'm going to try to really nail it. Okay. In 2013, he's playing for the Sandringham. Did I say that Sandringham. right? Sandringham. Sandringham. Yep, Sandra okay. Gam. Yep. Sandra Gam Sabres in Australia. It's the pro league there, right? Uh, let's see here. He started in 29 games. The 2013 season high, 34 points, 21 rebounds, five assists. He averaged 21.9 points, 12.6 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. Was named league MVP. Should I go on and on to the break of dawn? With Coach John, Still the early John. Ball. I mean, look at me. I'm just freestyling right now. Wow. <laughs> bars. <laughs> Anyways, that's who we have. Bars. That's who we have on our pa- our podcast tonight. Um, let's see here. Did I mention he's got one of the smoothest names out there too? You guys don't know. It's John Pashon. Is that smooth? <laughs> I mean, just listen, Coach Mel Marasco. So boring. It's like a robot, right? Or Coach John Pashon. It's just smooth. It just comes out the top. Yeah. yeah, man. The swag <laughs> on that name, Coach John. Uh, so, hey, let's give it up for Coach John Pashan in the building. Hey. Man, I appreciate the love, hey, man. You got me man. over here smiling. <laughs> we live in those glory days, huh, Coach? Oh, man, I feel it. Man, that is so awesome. I should just drop the mic right now. We should just end the podcast on that, huh? Podcast over. Hey, and welcome <laughs> to our podcast. Thank you guys for coming and uh, watching and all that good stuff. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, I know coaches here on the panel, they definitely have a lot of questions. Um, that's, I mean, I'm just going to jump and just start with, uh, the NBA. H- how was that? how that whole thing go down? I mean, as far as, you know, putting yourself in the NBA draft for all the listeners out there. So initially I, um, I wasn't even expecting to enter the draft. I was, I met my agent, um, and my whole mindset just at that age just was thinking overseas because most guys before me that I knew went to McNeese ended up going overseas. So I always had this mentality of I'm going overseas. Well, my agent was like, no, we're going to enter the draft also. So entered the draft. I ended up moving to Detroit in June along with my teammate. And agency was, you know, treated us really well. They ended up renting us an apartment for a month fully furnished and everything. And it was just workouts. So we would wake up early morning. We had 7 a.m. on the track, which consisted of running a hill, running bleachers, doing push-ups, sit-ups, and running stairs. Go home, sleep, go back to the gym at noon to do basketball workouts. Go home, eat, sleep, go back to the gym for five or six o'clock to play pickup games. Um, And throughout being out there working out, I ended up... um, having some workouts with the Pistons for two days. Um, Didn't go bad, but also it was a real eye-opener. And one of the biggest things I remember is playing pickup games, and this guy's in there six foot eight. And, I mean, he's just destroying everybody, shooting. He has hops. Clearly just the best guy in the gym. And I'm talking to my agent. I'm like, who's that guy? He's like, oh, he's the last guy on the Pistons roster. He's about to get cut. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like him. He's like, yeah, he's he's gonna get cut. And I'm thinking, if that dude's in here working like that, and he's getting cut, 
And I, I just it just goes to show you how great you have to be to be an NBA player. So even the guys that are the last person on the bench are absolute beast. So that guy, was he good during the warmups or during? Um, oh, yeah. He was because it was training. a bunch of us uh, guys that just graduated college who are all looking to go overseas, guys that were already overseas. And at that time, for that day, he was the only uh, NBA guy in there. And he just, we, we couldn't do anything with him. Wow. You know, just too heavy, too heavy at 6'8 to guard him and too, too quick for guys that was bigger than him. So he was just a problem. I can't remember his name, but he definitely was a baller. Coach Bob, you had something? Yeah, I, I, think, I think people don't realize how good NBA players are. And if you, oh. ever, if you ever want to get a really good kick, go to YouTube and look up Brian Scalabrini, uh, uh, scrimmaging against fans. Because, you know, Brian Scalabrini, uh, the, 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 the Red Mamba, you know, that whole nine yards, you know, he always got shit for being like, you know, this scrub player. Well, while he was in Boston, he openly on social media invited anybody they wanted to to come out to the gym and he'd play them one-on-one. And these dudes were showing up. And, I mean, these are these were good, good players, you know, these are college players, you know, other guys that come out. He smoked all of them, like 15 oh, 15 one. I mean, 15 oh, 15 And he is doing it and he's talking so much smack. I mean, so, you know, I had the opportunity to play against, you know, some pretty, pretty decent players as well and pick up. It, it, they're totally different players. They're, they're, yeah. They're it, it, uh, in the stratosphere way up there. So, in order, even if you're the 15th guy on the squad, the guy can ball. I don't care how bad he looks to you on TV. Yes. I can ball. You can yes. ball for sure. So I got, I got a, yeah, I got a question for you, uh, Coach John. Um, and it's more just I want you to I, I kind of already know the story, but you you've told me a couple times and it's a great story. And I think it's something that um, uh, a lot of the listeners and a lot of the, the younger players need to hear is I believe it was when from your freshman to your sophomore year uh, in college. Um, mm-hmm. had made a decision uh, to basically you were going to you were going to earn earn some playing time um, and I just I, I wonder if you can just kind of go back and take us back and tell us that story a little bit of your mindset what it took and how you got from you know where you were to where to where you wanted to go absolutely um that story is even one of my favorites even though I lived it just because um I use that even now in life, you know, outside of athletics. But so I'm going into college, you know, freshman year. And obviously, you know, best person on my high school team, which every kid is that gets a scholarship in most cases. So I go into McNeese's thinking I'm going to ball out like I did, you know, averaging 19 points, double, double, you know, lots of blocks. And uh, I'm expecting to go in and just start. I get there. And I remember our first practice, my, my roommate at the time, he's a senior. Uh, we're about the same height, but he's way heavier, just more and more seasoned and experience. And I dribble, I go to the basket. He just bumps me with his chest, barely bumps me. I just fall over. I mean, this guy's just having his way with me in practice, hitting threes, locking me up, being physical, just a whole different beast playing division one basketball. Um, and every time you lose 17, so I, I'm losing so much in these, in these drills and it's just 17. I mean, it got to the point at the end of practice, 
I was I was done. I felt like I had an entire week of practice and college practices are three hours long. Wow. And go through the entire season, I ended up playing a total of 40 minutes the whole year, not not a game, but the entire year when you added up all my minutes, including conference games, I played a total of 40 minutes. So I was a bit discouraged at first. Um, but I also knew that I, I thought I worked hard and just taught me that I didn't. So what ended up happening is in that offseason, I think I was a bit scarred, honestly, like mentally scarred for being essentially abused on the basketball court. And I told myself almost in tears, you know, talking to, talking to my dad, talking to some of my friends back home. I was like, I'll, I will never, ever let anyone do that to me again, ever on the court. No one will ever abuse me like that. No one will ever handle me like that again. So I stay work out with the football team. Um, I'm just lifting weights like crazy. And I'm taking muscle milk collegiate at the time, which was like the legal thing to take. And my coach is like, you need to eat these things. And you do, if you do what I say, do you'll get bigger, you'll get stronger. So I'm 185 as a freshman. I come back sophomore year, I'm 215 pounds. My coach, I walk in from the summer and I, I can just see from the look on his face, he's just like mind blown because uh, I don't look skinny anymore. And that's a huge increase in weight. And I, I'm working super hard. And I remember I couldn't wait to get out there because we're playing summer basketball now I'm back like a month before school. And, and I, I see the difference. Like I'm hitting guys now. I'm the one that's going to the basket, you know, being Debo. And I'm, I'm like, thinking about it, I'm like, man, I'm scoring most of the points in this pickup game as a sophomore. So I'm looking around the gym at potential guys who, who could be starting over me. And I'm like, okay, we got a junior here who I'm same height. I'm stronger than him. We shoot it about the same. I'm a better defender, better rebound. I'm looking at a senior um, who's probably at that time, I would say a little better because he's about six, eight, but I'm more academically sound. I'm more of a yes coach, no coach. I'm not going to give you attitude. Uh, I'm going to dive on the floor. So I'm just seeing all these advantages where I have an opportunity to start. So go from playing 40 minutes an entire season to the next season playing 35 minutes a game. Wow. So in one game, I almost played <laughs> what I did the entire year. And it, and I never look back after that. I go from 185 to to. 215 and junior year 225 senior year 230 and that's kind of my weight now 225 230 and it just led into the pros I ended up going overseas and ended up being a uh undersized four but everything was just muscle everything was strength everything was I'm stronger and I really embraced the weight room I, I really embraced working hard and um I'll, it's funny because Guys, even in, in men's leagues out here, we go play in Vegas. I won MVP, uh, what, three, three, four years ago? It was like Josh Childress, Mike Bibby, a bunch of NBA guys. And I always say, well, I, I don't do anything special. And my friend's like, no, that is special. I'm like, well, I guess you can say it's special, but I just think it's playing hard. I'm not, I'm not like, if you ever watch me play, you're never going to hear someone say, John crossed him over, did a step back. And I'm not knocking that, but I'm more of, I'm going to rebound and I'll probably get eight points off of rebounds. I'm going to run the floor because you were lazy and get another four points. I'm going to make my free throws and I'm going to set a really good screen and roll. 
and then I'm going to see somebody like Mike Bryson, who I know is a better ball player than me. I'm going to get him the ball because I know he's going to get me the ball. So all these things is just, it's just about me working hard, humbling myself and recognizing better talent than me almost, which has caused me to average the points and get the rebounds that I got. I'm not saying I'm not skilled or I can't ball, but that mindset is, is what got me from being a bench player to starting and being a pro player. Yeah, you're basically doing all the things that a lot of basketball players don't want to do, right? The diving yes. on the floor, you know, the hustle, like sprinting back on defense. And what a great message, Coach John. I mean, it just shows you that you don't have to be seven foot tall. You don't have to have all these, you know, crazy step back, you know, skills or ball handling. If you're working hard, uh, yes. great message for the kids, too. If you're working hard, busting your butt, doing all the little things that coaches just love, the especially the diving on the floor coach. That's huge, oh, yeah. huge, huge. I wanted to ask you um, growth spurts. Did you go through a huge growth spurt from high school? Uh, let's just take senior year going into college or did you top off? I did. Well, I actually, I, it really, I was five, eight as a freshman in high school, sophomore year. I grew to six, three junior year, six, four senior year, six, five. And then I grew an inch in college. I was six, six when I got my physical. So I, I, I was wow. constantly growing. The biggest jump was freshman to sophomore year. Wow. Crazy. So you, right now you're 6'6". Six, six. That's your six, height? 6'6". Six. 6'6", six, mm -hmm. six, 235? I would say about 230 right now. 230. And let me tell you guys this. When you see Coach John uh, in person, he's all 230 straight, solid muscle. <laughs> this dude is no joke, man. I'm telling you, man. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, a way, it's a lifestyle, right, Coach? It is, man. It's And at this point, it's about, you know, I want to be healthy, especially um, for the kids, man. You know, I train a lot of people, so I want to hopefully be able to model that behavior a little bit um, and for my kids. And I just want to be healthy, too. And I think this is a great segue to get right into uh, uh, Pashan performance. That's for sure. Um, now, Coach Lance, you'll put the link down in the description of the podcast for Coach John and yep. to, to try to link up because what Coach John does is she does like, I mean, Coach, why don't you explain it? Pashan uh, performance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely I want to shout out um, Coach Lance, too, because uh, let's just, you know, call it what it is. Ever since I've been here, Coach Lance has opened up his, his doors to me and showed me the utmost love uh, and allowed me to do what I do. Uh, in this facility. So I'm definitely grateful and thankful for that. Um, shout out to Coach Lance. Oh, yeah. Big shout out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we do it all over there, man. And I, I like to say we because I say PPT, but I mean, Coach Lance is right there with me. Um, and we things we offer, man, we do everything from fitness training to speed and agility, working on core, uh, total body workouts. Uh, we do things with the barbells so or more traditional lifting. Um, you name it, we pretty much do it. And we've seen the growth in, in these kids. And, you know, speaking of your son, Kainoa, as a prime example, Canyon, Aiden, all these kids, Storm, who have been training with us for a while and been consistent is the biggest thing. Um, and I'll be honest, I feel like the, the thing, because uh, anybody can, can write a workout. Like I, I can, you can have a bad trainer write your workout. And if you stick with it, you'll probably see some results. But I think the biggest thing with um, Coach Lance and I, I think is just the investment that we have in these kids, how much we truly care about them, how much we believe in them. And uh, it's more than just basketball. You know, we connect with their families. 
We want to see them do well academically. And I think we hold them accountable uh, on and off. You know, I, I'll see, I'm the, we're the type of guys where I'll train um, Storm, right? I'll see him on Instagram with another trainer and I love it. I love it. I love all of it because I know he's getting better, right? And I just think that mentality that we have of, of not only the research and the experience that we have to give them great workouts, but also the investment uh, mentally in these kids' lives, I think is going to make the biggest difference in their growth as uh, players and athletes. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys heard a little bit of Coach John's story. He has more than just to offer the kids that he trains than just the physical part of it. He offers the mental side of it, you know, which is a huge part of sports in general. And he's been there, done that. You know, any scenario or question that the kids have, I mean, they have somebody right there in flesh and blood to ask any question on any level, whether it be high school, mm -hmm. college, pro, he's been there, done that. So like the kids now who train right now, if you guys are listening, parents who train with coach John, take advantage of it, take advantage of, uh, of, of coach John, the experience, you know, when you're working out with them, I see him, geez, I see you pretty much three days yeah. a week or something, you know, because like he said, he, he also trains my son, Kainoa, but he trains a lot of my players that play for me on my AAU team. He trains a lot of the kids at the high school that he works at Whitney high school. He trains a lot. Of, he's just constantly in the gym. You talk about a gym rat. That's him. And, and what coach said earlier is being consistent. That's the biggest part of it right there is being consistent. A lot of kids, a lot of parents think, well, I signed my kid up for two months and you know what? It's just a little, uh, we don't see any improvement. And that's like the worst thing to say. It's like, okay, it's not going to be two months or three months or five months or six months. It depends on what your son or daughter wants to get out of it. How, how good they, they want to be. They have to put the time in, they have to put the work in. And I think this time right now with COVID take advantage of it. Man, I, say it yes. I say it all the time. I mean, I was just there the other day. I think, was it yesterday? And there was like, what, four kids in there, John coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, four, I mean, it's like, man, there should have been like eight or 12 in there taking advantage of it, but I know there's COVID yeah. policies and, and I know we only have like, um, I know coach Lance and coach John, you guys only taken so many heads per mm -hmm. class. Yes. Um, and to have four is like unacceptable, man. And if my players are listening to this, I know who was there and I know who wasn't. Okay. Um, and I see Kaino in there and I believe it was like three other kids, two brothers. Yes. I go to Rockland, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good, I, good I, hardworking I, kids. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I mean, take advantage of it. I mean, huge improvements that I've seen, um, not only with the players that play for me, but my own son. He could barely do push-ups the right way. I mean, how long has he been doing it, Coach Lance? Has it been? It's been like since seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, sixth grade? about seventh grade. Six, yeah. Seventh grade is when he he's started. gotten bigger and stronger. That's when. Oh all my gosh, started. he is Quicker. so much stronger. I mean, his push-ups, everything. Push -ups, everything. His I mean, too. It, he took. I mean, what Coach John does with Pashan performance, he just he takes. It's out. It, let me just tell you. It's outside the box. It's not just your standard, ooh, ah. There is, you should see all the gear that they have in there. I mean, they have the bands and the balls and like all these different exercises, the box jumping. I mean, um, it's insane. And it's so good, especially right now. And I tell Kaino and I try to tell my boys that, that play, um, right now is the time to train because of this COVID thing. And 
take advantage of it. You parents that are listening or players that are listening, take advantage now. This is the time to sign up. Just, just sign up and go through it, man. I'm telling you right now, it's going to help you guys when we're able to play because I don't even know when we're going to play. I don't even know if there's going to be a season this year. I mean, Coach John, you know what's going on. I'm, I'm kind of in touch with just the email parent yeah. side of it. Um, but from what I got from Rockland was they're going to, if they have a season, they're going to live stream everything. So nobody's going to be able to go. And it's just going to be a straight live stream over the um, website um, of the high school. And I was just like, that is just crazy. I mean, that that's half the fun and just having, you know, the, the student body there and the crowd and the cheerleaders and just that atmosphere gone. It's going to be like watching the NBA now where it's just quiet. You know, you got some computer screens in the background of people's faces. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just so weird. And, and who knows if there's going to be a season this year. That's why I'm saying as of right now, this is the time to train, get all the training in you can. I mean, just because we have coach uh, John on the show, we have coach Lance here and I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to promote them because no, because it's real. I actually see it. I physically see it mentally, physically. Um, my son, Kainoa, bigger, stronger, faster, everything. It's just, but you got to put the work in. And this is the time right now, especially during COVID. Um, everybody's kind of, it's, especially COVID and the holidays. That's even worse. It's like a double whammy because everybody's yeah. in this, oh, I'm going to chill. I don't feel like going. And it's so funny. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to be a hundred percent real. And, and there are times where I don't want to make the drive all the way to Rockland because I live in Wheatland, which is about uh, 25 minutes or so. Let's just give or take. And, and Kainoa is just like, hey, dad, I'm going to go train, right? And I'm like, oh, you want to take it? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I go, you want to <laughs> take a break? You want to take a break? You know, and he goes, no. no. And I go, I got to honor that. And how, shame on me for even giving them <laughs> an option. And as I'm driving, I'm just kicking myself in the butt like, I can't believe I just gave him an option not to go, you know, uh, thank God I listened to him and I know it's going to benefit him, but there are times as a parent and parents that are listening, I understand, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of dedication. It's discipline. It's all of those, man. And I get it because I get into that, you know, you have a, a hard day and you're just like, Oh, I feel like chilling tonight. Uh, <laughs> hey, Kainoa, you want to just chill? No, I don't. <laughs> and like he's outside in the backyard you know working out the, the drills that i see you know coach john and coach lance putting him through he's in the backyard doing it on him man kind of was kind of a weird kid but in a good way he's out there doing his thing and i'm just like man you, you're still gonna train tonight right you got you know push performance tonight right he goes yeah dad yeah and he's just in sweat and i'm like oh man let's go you know but i mean that's what it takes these kids out there they they think you know, they see these kids putting in work, you know, Coach John will, will post, Coach Lance will post these kids working out. It's not just one week. It's not one month. We're talking years. years. I mean, and it's, mm -hmm. and it's like, I want to say it's a lifestyle as coaches know, if you want to get to that next level, you got to change your lifestyle. It's it, no more video games or very little. It's priorities, you know, and um, whether it's if he's not training, if he's not doing Pashan performance or working at his game in the backyard. If he's in the house, he's watching YouTube clips, watching games, studying players moves. It's crazy. He's just so like, and I, it's not just my son. I know a lot of players are like that, but I'm just giving you guys examples of like the mentality of where certain kids are, you know, and coach Tom knows he's got a lot of players like that too, that he coaches. And um, I just, 
think right now as an ex- you guys all you parents out there you guys should seriously consider and in looking into Pashan performance it's a I don't want to say it's a different type of training, but it's like a two for one, you know, you're getting his advice and I've seen it not just um, physically in my son, but I've seen it mentally because of the confidence, you know, once you start, once you could do 20 push-ups, I mean, the confidence is up through the roof, right? But not only that though, it's just like the weight training and I'm seeing them and don't be, you know, coach, maybe you, you have a little bit more experience in this because um. What was your major in, in college? Were you like performance, something human performance or something? Well, it was it was uh, it was PE, so it was physical education. Okay. Um, just I always knew I wanted to um, be in education, be around kids. I always knew I wanted to coach basketball at the high school level. Um, so going into education felt like the right fit, uh, and I loved it. So okay, that was, that was the first degree. Yeah. The question I have, which a lot of I'm sure parents that don't know anything about working out and whatnot. Uh, what is your take on physically lifting weights for kids? What is the age that you feel is a comfortable age? Because I know a lot of parents will say, mm-hmm. oh, you're too young or it's going to stop your growth or you shouldn't be lifting heavy weights or, I, I, you know, just so the, I know, but I just want the parents out there who are listening and the players uh, know who, uh, who don't know. Um, I think you can start young as long as you're lifting the right way. Um, and to some extent, yeah, you know, at a super young age, you don't need to go super heavy on weight, but learning the right technique, getting used to the feel of the bar and the weight, uh, I feel like it's going to help you. I've seen kids as young as fourth grade lifting, but they're lifting something that's appropriate for them, that, that's a good weight for their age. Because um, there, there's lift, like, like how there's uh, impossible there's fitness programs like that where kids like how kids will start on possible second, third grade. There's kids that start lifting in like third, fourth grade, but it's just a bar and it's not heavy weight, but still getting that muscle memory and that mobility and getting used to form and technique. Um, I think you can start early. If my kids in middle school, let's lift. Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, it's, yeah. everybody's good now because working hard is kind of, the cool thing to do now because you can get a cool video and get a lot of likes (laughs) you know before you didn't work hard or even if you did work hard nobody really knew unless it showed on the court but it's everybody can ball now so you got to get in the lab and work on your craft yeah you uh you nailed it though especially with uh form and technique um i know a lot of parents i hear it that's why because a lot of parents would see kainoa and they'll be like uh isn't he too young to lift weights and i'm like no the dad in the gym that i see putting a ton of weight on his young son's like bar or having them do you guys seen that guy at the gym right he's telling his, oh, yeah. his son to curl 35 pounds and he's like in fourth grade and i'm like well, what are you doing the kid and the kid's form is all and he's jerking his back and he's twisting his body i'm like what the hell are you doing you're gonna hurt that kid that's what coach john is talking about like he said yes. if you have the right weight according to how heavy your son or daughter is or you know how meaning not heavy but like their weight versus the weight that they're going to be lifting if it's the right weight it's okay yeah very true coach Mm. coach tom do you have something yeah coach john um when you did your trans transition from high school to college did you do a lot of weights in high school man i did not i i lift weights occasionally which um you know, me and my teammates talk about that. And it really, it bothered me for a really long time that I didn't because I didn't have anyone in my ear. 
not saying it's anyone's fault, but I, I didn't have anyone saying, hey, it's important that you lift. It's important that you do this. A lot of people were telling me it's important to play ball and get shots up, which I did, um, which honestly I think contributes to the fact that uh, most of my offers were from uh, low to mid-major uh, Division One schools. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, I think most of the offers were like McNeese, Sam Houston, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, Tulane. I feel like had I lift weights and been stronger and been a little heavier to the human eye, you know, to a scout, you know, at my height with a little more weight, I mean, I think that attracts, you know, hopefully some bigger names. But, yeah, I didn't lift enough. It was it took me getting bullied that freshman year of college for me to be like, okay, this, this is serious. I need to lift. So would you think, like, I mean, we had uh, one of our players, one of my players on our podcast recently. I mean, probably was a while ago, but – um, her biggest transition from high school to junior college was the weightlifting because they really didn't lift weights in high school mm-hmm. and she did not know how to lift weights going into college. So that was her biggest mm-hmm. transition because um, they just never did in high school. She felt like she never had to do it. And then once we were like, Hey, this is what we're doing every day, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when it's game week, we're doing it every other day. So you're lifting three times a week. Um do you think sometimes now with social media and like these kids playing games, because I, I talk to my team about this all the time, that they rather play games instead of doing either individual skill work like training or lifting weights, like just things that, you know, ultimately if they, these kids want to go play sports in college, um, they're going to get on a weight program or lifting weights. That, that's part of the collegiate level. And a lot of these kids don't realize they think, or I'm just showing up to a hour and a half, two hour practice like I do in high school, but it's like, you know, it's totally different. You might have to go an hour of weights and then a two oh, hour yeah. practice on the same day. It's, it's rigorous, man. Everybody wants to be a college athlete until you have to do what college athletes do, you know, and that's, that's, that's uh, my freshman year schedule. I wrote it on the board in the weight room one day for the basketball team. It was a class, well, it was 6 a.m. workouts, shower, go to class. Um, after class, it would be a three-hour practice, which is really long sometimes and hard to stay focused. Uh, after, after that, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, you need to find time for your study hall too. And sometimes after that three-hour practice, it's film. And then it's like, well, dang, we've been here like four hours now because of practice, then we go to the film room. And so after film, study hall, classes, morning workouts, and then it's like, okay, now that we took up your entire day, go get good grades. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it's like, it's a job, you know, it's, it's a job. And then it's a challenge. I mean, that, that's the reason why there's only so many Kevin Durant's on LeBron. Man, it's hard to be good. It's really hard. It's a huge sacrifice. You got kids, kids like you coach, kids like co- all you guys coach who are missing fun things are, are missing parties and things in college because they got to go play AAU games every weekend. Now, granted, they want to. You, these kids are missing a lot because of that, but that's the sacrifice that it takes if you want to be good. Yeah, let me just, like, piggyback off of what Coach John said uh, about sacrifice. I don't even know I don't even know how to say this without it sounding really bad to parents that are like, I can't believe you would do that. Kainoa would rather play in a game on Friday then go to a harvest festival dance or uh, something for a school. And I always honored that. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. And he didn't, he didn't really care. 
And then it, and when he and when he got older, I would say he started to say, hey, do you think I can go to the harvest thing? And I'm like, sure, it's up to you, but you're going to miss practice. He's like, OK, well, I'll go to that for like 40 minutes and then I'll, you know, can you pick me up? And then I go, yeah, absolutely. I, but like to say he missed a lot, like, uh, you know, granted, he's only 15. He he did, though. He missed a lot of school events that was after school because of practice because of training because of games but it's something that he loves it's his true passion um i wanted to ask you coach john do you have any siblings that played high level collegiate level sports or mom dad like where do you get the genes from and you know i don't know um my sister danced in college you know when she first graduated she had a, a tryouts with the saints to be a cheerleader for the Saints. So she's always danced. She's been in the ballet. Um, I had a cousin that played at LSU, Troy Twilley, played some years ago, played cornerback for uh, LSU. But, man, um, it's funny because I, don't, I didn't see a lot of talent back in the day, but all my cousins now that are younger than me, super talented, getting recruited by schools. And I'm like, I guess it always probably has been in the family, but – none of the older heads really played sports. Most of us younger guys, you know, I'm in my thirties and then my cousin's younger than me. Like I have a cousin right now that's going to play quarterback next year at McNeese. He just signed a scholarship. Got a, um, nice. a couple of cousins that are being recruited for football right now. So I think it, it probably runs, runs in that family, man, that down South Louisiana, good cooking, running around the country, <laughs> kicking in <laughs> what, somewhere. What about moms or dad? Did they play sports? They did not. They did not play sports. My my dad's about six two, six three. Uh, from what I heard, he he was a strong guy though. He definitely had a chiseled body when he was younger, but never played sports. Okay, so now my next question for all the parents out there: How were your parents? I'm gonna look right into the camera. How were your parents when you were playing sports and them on the sideline cheering? Were they those crazy parents, oh. or <laughs> he said, "Ooh," were they those crazy parents, good getting after it, yelling and, and causing havoc in the stands, or were they kind of chill? Man, my mom was definitely causing havoc. Um, <laughs> it's it's and I mean, you can ask anyone. I still got film. As a matter of fact, if you go. And look right now on my Instagram. I put a, a post of me playing Little League football. Look when I'm running at, look on the sideline. That's my mom running in the white hat when I'm just going to touchdown. Oh, I can't wait. I'm looking and, um, right I mean, now. My mom is just <clears throat> yelling. Like she, like, and it, it was, my friends thought it was so funny. And I guess at the time, it was, I thought it was a bit embarrassing, but I would just hear defense being, hear, hearing defense being chanted. And it was my mom, like, leading the way, stumping the bleachers. And, like, it's it's hard as a high school kid to come out of the locker room and be like, yo, Miss Wanda was out there banging on her chest. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm hey, like, no, she wasn't. Like, no, bro. She was, like, banging on her chest, yelling defense. What Instagram is it, Coach? What uh, Instagram? Coach, uh, coach underscore John underscore. P. Okay. Yeah, oh my, my, my mom was, was uh, wild at the games, man. Um Loudest person in the gym. Well, I mean, I think that's normal. I don't <laughs> think that was out of control. I mean, she wasn't cussing people out or causing fights, though, right? Not, not that I know of. See? Not that I... <laughs> then moms is good. Moms is normal. I'm not talking about they those. they got people. on video. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Coach uh, Lance, did you have something? I'm sorry. I know you had your hand up. Yeah, you know, I, I did. And I just kind of wanted to you know, go back a little bit to you know, 
Coach uh, John uh, talking about when kids are lifting and their commitment. Um, and Coach uh, Tom had asked, uh, you know, kind of what, when he started, when Coach John, when you had started to lift weights. And I just think, you know, looking back when I was in high school and playing, playing ball, we didn't, I went to the, the weight room once with our team. And the only reason we went there was because the gym was closed because it was raining so hard that it started to flood. So we went to the weight room and nobody, none of us knew what to do. So we were just messing around rather than lifting weights. But my point is that I think moving to today, what I've seen over the years, um, you know, just training and coaching and the athletes um, as they get older now is I think, I don't know how many high schools out there actually have a, you know, structured weight program. Obviously Whitney does. Um, when we, when coach Bob and I started coaching there, they did not have a weight program. I mean, they had a weight room, but right. they did not have a weight program at all. Um, but since then, um, you know, since uh, coach French came in and started a weight program with the, the, the school and you took over um, now, it, they've got a, a good solid, you know, program in place. And I think other schools have started to take note of that. Um, but I think that what I've seen or what my feeling is, is that players nowadays have to get into the weight room sooner. They oh, yeah. have to start. And, and like coach, like, like you said, coach John, it doesn't have to be heavy lifting, you know, um, but they have to get introduced to it early, earlier now than back, back when you were in, in, in high school, yes. back when you were in, in college. I, I just think that it's so much more important to their success because everybody, there's so many players that are doing it. Um, and that's just, that's just kind of the point that I wanted to kind of touch on that. I, I think, in my opinion, I think that people need to start earlier now just to, to have, to try and keep up with the competition. Coach Mel. Yeah. I, you know, I had to jump in because I just had a thought um, about, you know, Pashawn performance and during the boys, when I say the boys, um, a couple of the kids that I coach, um, during their middle school season, eighth grade, they would have a game. And after that game was over, they're getting ready and we're shooting over to Pashan performance. Oh, and they're yeah. actually, they're actually working out. And I know a lot of the guys or a lot of the kids that were just got them playing. It's a wrap for them, right? The game's over. They're going home and they're resting. And the boys are just, I don't want to say they're just starting the workout, but their workouts are pretty, I mean, coach John's workouts are pretty intense. They're not just like mm -hmm. a walk in the park and he's going to keep you accountable too. He's going to get on you. If you're slacking, if your form is wrong, he's going to get after you. But I just remember that. And not only that though, coach Lance and coach John accommodating the schedule uh, for the yeah. players. And it wasn't just my boys. It was just the players that were involved with Pashan performance. You know um, it was, you know, hey, oh, hey coaches, our, our game is at, you know, five to six. Oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll be here at 630 great so i remember after the game is over everyone's saying bye and they all want to go hang out and talk and i'm like we got to go we got training and i remember parents going they got training but i mean <laughs> it's that's like you know coach lance said coach john i mean that's what you need to do in order to be that player or you know um i wanted to also also shout out uh coach john's um instagram uh, on the podcast so it's coach underscore john 
J-O-H-N, letter P. Go check it out. If you guys want to see John, uh, Coach John Pashan and Pashan Performance, he has a lot of videos um, of, of the kids training, what he does, and uh, you can see his physical shape, phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of jealous, man. Damn, Coach. But you know what? <laughs> I can't be jealous because you're putting in the work. That's what it's about right there. You know what I mean? Um, how old are you right now, Coach John, if you don't mind me asking? 34. I turned 35 in May. Man, 35. Nice. <laughs> young, man. That's a youngster. I know. <laughs> built like a Greek god, too. <laughs> man, anybody else? Uh, Coach Bob, did you have something? Dive into your transition into the pros and what it was like. Uh, hey, you guys can continue. I just got to go. Oh, okay. See you later, coach. <laughs> okay. Okay. Later, later by, later by peace. I just have a conference call with uh, my college coach. Oh, he just flexed on us oh, right now. Coaches, no. he just flexed on us. No, no, I have to leave. Oh my gosh. Oh, you know, I got a conference call with, uh, you know, the coaches of a uh, collegiate level, um, you know, your little peons. I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, if you guys want to see a different angle of this podcast, go check us out on Twitch. I'm telling you, it, it's, you get to see the facial expressions. You get to see all the inside, the, the non-edit version, because, you know, we do have an editor that edits our podcast. You get to see all the sneak peeks behind the scenes. I'm telling you, it's good times, man. It's good times. Yeah, we'll definitely- All right, guys. We'll all head out. Um, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you guys. And yeah, Merry Christmas, Coach Tom. Hey, Merry Christmas, Coach. All right, Merry Coach. Merry Christmas, Coach. Yep. Okay, so Coach uh, Bob, go ahead and um, let's go ahead and uh, start with your question. Yeah. All right. So you know, obviously, you know, you're you're right out of right out of high school. You stay in state. You go to college. You do your four years there. And you jump. You go to Detroit. And you, you wind up, you know, doing some stuff in the NBA and it doesn't pan out. And all of a sudden now it's, hey, I can play pro overseas. I lived overseas for three years. So I know there's a, there's a huge difference, a huge cultural oh, difference. And especially when you're moving over, you're, it's not like you're, you've got a whole family. It's not like you're moving all your friends and family with you. You're, you're, you're going solo. So, you know, separate the two. You know, there's the basketball side, obviously, which I'd love to mm-hmm. get into. But, but what I'm really interested in is the cultural, the cultural piece. Because it's it's a huge for for those people that have never lived in another country, there's a huge cultural shift and and, and it's it, things are different. They're not great. Very very different. Talk to great. me, especially about about being a, a young kid, you know, young man growing up. What that was like. Uh, great you know, great question, Coach Bob. Like, great question, by the way. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, it's it's definitely different. I I um really excited going there. So I first go to Finland. Um, it's different. I had to learn how to drive a stick shift. You know, that was big out there and it got dark early. Like I remember being in Finland, it got dark at three o'clock. I was in a really small town, super cold, below zero type of cold. Um, and like you said, no family. So a lot of my days were spent and I've always heard stories about it and then actually live it as an athlete where I'm, if I'm not in the gym, if I'm not in the game or a workout, I was at home. You know, I was on Skype back when Skype was a thing, on my webcam and on AOL Messenger, just trying to talk to friends. You know, I'm asleep when everybody's awake. You know, I'm awake, everybody sleeps. So spending so much time alone, even though um, I have my American buddies, it just, it starts to wear on you. Um, you know, I started to miss people. You know, I felt like I was missing out on a lot. It was, a, it was a big change. Uh, it was a, a lot of adjusting. I had to 
get used to a different culture too. Um, people not speaking the same language. You know, I'm going in the grocery store looking for simple things and not really knowing how to say it. I'm like, I need milk. And for the people that did speak it, it was very broken English. Um, it was hard to kind of communicate, not did knowing it, certain street signs. Did it sound like this? Milke? Would you like a milke? <laughs> I'm just trying to. You know what? That's probably that's probably <laughs> not bad. It probably was uh, yeah, probably trying, was something to, like that. I'm trying to be and international. Also, and another thing, like I'm going out to a country where in Finland, in this town uh, outside of Helsinki, like two hours, it's called Loima. I got a lot of stares because I'm in a town where no one looks like me. And the only time they see people that look like me is on TV. So for a lot of these people, they're like, who the heck is this? You got a lot of kids that are teenagers that have never seen a black man before. And mm. they're just like, man, like I've never seen a black person in person. That's you know, wild. I've seen basketball players. Um, people love you. They want to talk to you. You know, after well, the games, it's autographs. It's things like that. Was it like a stereotypical thing where they see they're like, oh, they probably assume tall black man. Oh, basketball player, basketball. You know, they, they definitely assume that. Uh, but I think it's from history because like, I'm out there on this team, but who knows who played on that team 15 years ago. Mm. And the only time you usually see black people in a small town like that is it's got to be for work. It's got to be for athletics and word gets around town quick. You know, you see games. Oh, those are the new Americans in. Um, mm. Yeah. And I mean, there was a volleyball player out there, white guy, uh, about six, eight. Uh, we connected really well. We practiced at the same facility. Um, Always talk to him too, but same thing, just similar thing of just no family, you know, adjusting to a, a different environment, different climate. Uh, it was a challenge, uh, one that I wish I had embraced more like I did when I was in Australia. Yeah, it's not like you have an app either nowadays where you can just talk into your phone yeah. and it translates it and I want some milk. And for all the Finland listeners out there, I'm, I apologize for that accent. I was just trying to be cool. It's more like um, basketball, yeah? How about that? Was that, was that better? <laughs> Huh? You know what, Coach? I think you, I think you nailed it. And if you did, that was close enough. <laughs> hey, hey, Coach. So, how is the food in Finland? What do you eat? I mean, what are they known for in Finland? Man, you know, the food was actually good. The thing that I ate most was a uh, a kebab out there. There was this this place we went, and man, they had this kebab that was so good. And uh, I didn't know what this sauce was called, but me and my teammates going there, we'd be like. They put the red and white sauce. He's like, red. I'm like, and white, both. Is put it them like, on there. Hook is it, it like an Alfredo-ish? It was kind of like a Alfredo-ish, but it was kind of sweet and tangy. And the red sauce had like a little zest. And then, and I, I'd, I'd be so hungry sometimes. He's like, you want fries? I'm like, yeah, put you just throw fries on it too. Okay, so they they, throw, they, throw they had French it. fries in Finland. Oh, they were so good Freaks, too. man, Tom Freaks. Yeah. yeah. Look, look, what people don't realize in Europe is like, yes, of course you have countries, you have, you have Finland, you have Sweden, you have Belgium, France, you know, and, and Italy and Germany, they're all known for their food, but it's, it's a huge melting pot. So you've got, you've got, you got folks from the Mediterranean pulling up kebabs. You've got, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. the first place I ever tried a, a Euro was, uh, it was in Germany, uh, was in the, the village we lived in. These big meat sticks is what I looked That's at. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, like a big old thigh. I've never seen that. And just shaving and, the meat off. Oh man. First, it was in Germany. 
you know, right? And, and there's, you know, there's Italian food. I mean, it's, it's a great big mix. It's uh, Moroccan food. They come up from, uh, from North Africa. It, it's, it's, it's spread out all over the, 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 the continent. And there's a lot of different types of food that we don't really per se get here on a normal basis. It's, uh, it's a little more prevalent now than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I came back to the States, you couldn't find some of this stuff. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, how are the portions out there as far as like, you guys are professional athletes there. You guys are hungry. I hear the portions oh, yeah. are a lot smaller than, and then America. Is that true? Oh, that's very true. I, I remember one time my wife and I, we, <laughs> we're in Australia. We go out to eat and we order all this food. And the lady's like, Oh, you, do you guys have people coming? But like, no, no, this, this us. <laughs> and she's like the look on her face in disbelief, and then we got the food, and they're like, there's no way they're going to finish it. And we just clean all the plates. And I'm like, hey, y'all have a dessert menu? And they, she she almost was like, not like, as if I disrespected her for asking for that menu. Like, I well, know it's not about to sit up here no. and eat all this food and ask well, for something else. Well, we probably know in Europe they don't have a claim jumper out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> man. But so yeah, them I'm- portions are small, man. They're, they're all smaller. So let me ask you this. After Finland, where do you go from there, coach? So after Finland, I actually, I sat out a season because that same team wanted to re-sign me, but I didn't want to go back there. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. Coaches were great. Management was great. So was my teammates. I think the biggest issue was me. I was just young at the time. And instead of embracing the culture, getting out, traveling more, I, I just worried more about what I didn't have instead of being more grateful. And so I sat out a season, didn't want to resign there, ended up going to Australia, which I'm a little older now and I embraced it more. I loved it. Was um, it I'm sorry, was, was it was it hard to transition from Finland to Australia or was it easy? Do you, do you call oh. up your agent and say, hey, listen, this is what I want to do? Or how does that work for the kids that are in college now? I know they, they're always like talking about, because I hear them, they're talking about, oh, if I can't go to the NBA, I'm going to go overseas and, and play pro. How hard is it to go? A lot, of them, a lot of them think they can just go overseas and play. I mean, there's a process. Oh, no. Right? It's a process, man. And when you, this is the thing about going overseas, depending on what league you get in. They'll send you home quick. Like, you play one too many bad games, depending on what lead you're in, uh, they'll, they'll send you home. And I, 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 my first year in Finland, it was me and two other Americans. They sent two of those guys home, kept me. Uh, picked up two other guys, sent one of those dudes home and took another one for the playoffs. And right there, I learned like, this is definitely a business. <laughs> you need to be professional. You need to watch what you say in the media. You need to be on time. Um, you need to watch how you talk to the to the foreign players. You need to treat them with respect. Just normal things. Um, you need to be nice to the fans. Be nice to the media. And I learned all that quick. And I go in Australia uh, with my headphones on. I never forget. I walk into the locker room, my headphones on, and my friend Ismail Muhammad played at Georgia Tech. You go, you YouTube him. Crazy dunker. Walks straight up to me. He's been overseas for years. Takes my headphones off and says, hey, man, you're not in Europe. He's like, it's different out here. He's like, you know, make sure you speak speak to your teammates. And I was like, okay. So took my headphones off because everybody was just so to their self. It seemed like on my first team. And best advice coming from him. Um, loved it out there. I mean, I still talk to my teammates. I had a teammate 
send me a joke on Facebook the other day, making fun of me about something. Um, but it's a business, man. They want you to perform. Uh, the leagues I were in, you got to average. You got to play well. You got to stay healthy. Now, you get in some of these other leagues where you're like in top league Spain, you can probably average eight points, six points. But you're also in a league with somebody like Rubio. You know, so depends on where you're at. But, man, it's, it is a job. And if you don't approach it like a job, you'll be home while the next person's on their couch waiting for the agent to say, hey, pack your bags. You're leaving two weeks. Are you leaving three days? So, so consistency, gotta, right? Consistency oh, yeah. is the key. It's key. Stay in shape. Stay healthy. Value your job. Uh, be a professional. Now, if you get injured, are they like, okay, bye, depending on the injury? A lot of teams will, man. It's, it's cutthroat. A lot of teams, you, you can be balling out. You can be a great person. They love you. You get injured. Oh, you're going to be out two months, three months. Some teams will keep you. Some teams will send you home. That's why it's good. I had a friend that got injured in France. He had a guaranteed contract. So they kept him. They was like, well, we owe him all his money anyway. We might as well keep him and rehab him, get him healthy again, even though he's not going to play another game. He wasn't going to play another game, but it's like, nah, just stay. Like, we, we're going to rehab you, we, you know. So that's that. And if you can get a – and it's not common overseas a lot, but if you can get a two-year deal, three-year deal, and it's a good deal. Take it. Mm. Now, let me ask you this, Coach. Sorry, Coach Bob. I know you got something. We'll go. We'll go right to you after this question. Um, uh, is it true? I guess it depends. Like you said, where you play. But I just hear the stories when they go. Athletes go and play overseas. That the team takes care of your room, aboard, all that. Or? Oh yeah, everything is paid for, man. Uh, so I, I'm overseas. My car's paid for. My house. My. Uh, my phone just wow. oh the only thing I had to buy was groceries was my food. So you can so make a really great living. You could, man. If you even smart. if you don't have the biggest of salaries, if yeah. you can take care of your money and just not spend crazy, don't don't go over there pre coming back like, oh, I went overseas and I'm balling. <laughs> sometimes the contracts aren't huge. And I never was a, a huge contract guy, but I always valued my money. I, I didn't spend crazy and I took advantage of opportunities because there's times after games, I'd have people come up to me because there's club teams out there something like how AU teams are they'd be like hey will you come uh coach my team one day next week we'll pay you 200 bucks wow he'll pay me 200 i'll coach your team three days <laughs> <laughs> of course so i i'll go i'll go coach a team you know I, I had a guy that really big money who made it possible for me to bring my family to australia i trained his kids and he paid me well to do it. These two little boys. Wow. And uh, funny thing about that is one of those kids just signed a Division One scholarship, right? He's going to play ball next year. Uh, I always knew he was going to be good, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and hats off to him. I just talked to his dad the other day who's out in Australia. Big boys? Not super big boys, yeah. but skilled boys. And you want to know what? Um there's that pipeline in Australia where a lot of these kids go to like St. Mary's and certain schools. A lot of guys from St. Mary's I saw in Australia, who I was uh, friends with. Um, but I tell you, our, I, I'll just be honest, our boys are more talented here. Like I'll take kind of no one storm and some of those kids and we'll go over there and wreck some of those teams. And really? it's not, it's, yeah, it's not talking bad on them. Yeah. Uh, but just the talent it, level in the States is just on a different level. Man. Is it we, work ethic or is it? No, they work hard too. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm oh. not, I don't know if it's because 
I think out here, man, we got so so much the diversity of different kinds of people. Like you got your Rockland kids, but then you can go right up to Oak Park and then right mm. right on over to um, you know, a Grant. And we got all these different kids that get on the same team and they all push each other. You got your Grant player, your Sakai player, your Whitney player, and you throw a Rockland and Daryl Oro kid in there. And we got all this. Whereas out there, they don't really have all of that. You know, mm. they got what they got and they play. Whereas our kids, they get pushed on a different level. Yeah, let me ask you something too, Coach. Um, how, how many different countries did you play? Uh, just two. So I had okay. a three-year stint over the course of four years. I set out two years. I set out year one uh, seeking a better contract, which I got. I set out year two because my son was going to be born oh. and I wasn't going to miss that. So I, I was in a situation where I could have gone back and play, but I, I, I risked the opportunity of missing his birth. And oh, um, after, after weighing it, I'm like, I really didn't want to sit out a season and I had just won MVP for the first time. Ooh. But I'm like, what's going to mean more in like 15 years? Mm. Like that little bit of money that I made and saying that I, I played or me exactly. not being there when my son was born. And I'm like, yeah, I just got to be there. That word sacrifice. There it is again in a yeah. different way, in a different way, in a different way. Um, now, let me ask you this. So your son was born in Australia then. No, he was, my son was born in New Orleans, but he oh, actually, he okay. He lived in Australia for, uh, for a second, for the second, for my final season, gotcha. my wife and my son came out there. Oh, so he doesn't awesome. remember, he doesn't remember any of it, Okay, but he sees, he sees photos and eventually I want to go back and visit one day and let him see where I played. Yeah. Um, Did and sometimes know? I wish I had played longer so he could have been able to experience and really remember me playing. Yeah. You know? Did you do you ever have like a vibe? Maybe you and wifey are like, hey, let's let's go move and live in Australia. You know, funny, we've talked about that. I mean, especially times. now, the United States is getting kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we are, I'm telling you, it is. We, we've talked about it too. And sometimes, you know, I wish I I always joke with us like, man, I wish I would have got my citizenship because I have a friend that's still there. And think about playing in a place like Australia. It's so beautiful and nice. You play there so many years, you get citizenship. And then you now you have dual citizenship. A lot of guys play there, make money playing and uh, they go and they roll into good careers from uh, all the names that they made for themselves out there. So what is something that I've thought about? Yeah, what is what is citizenship to make dual citizenship? Is it ten years you have to live there or something? Or I actually think it's a little shorter than that. Oh. Um, to be honest, um, especially if you're out there working and playing, I, I think I think I could be wrong, but I think I, I've known players that play there five to seven years. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, and it's 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 yeah. I, I know two guys who I competed against that are still there's plenty of Americans that still live there. Coaches mm. that that are coaching in the top league there. Uh, like Johnny Flynn was out there when I played. Steve Blake was out there. Um, and a lot of the coaches are Americans. God, let they me go ask there you, and play and they love it. They stay. Let me ask you this. When you when you say talk about talking to the press and coaches, especially in a foreign country, Finland, we'll just use Finland as an example. Um, how hard was it to understand coaches? Coach have interpreters or, or does he speak English too? Oh, coach speaks English. Most of the players speak English. The thing about those foreign countries, those kids, most of them start learning English in second, third grade. Oh. Whereas out here, you won't ever learn another language until you're forced <laughs> to take it in yeah. high school when you got to take two and three years of, uh, of a foreign language. Yeah. What's the, what is the language they speak in Finland? 
it's Finnish. Oh, Finnish. Yeah. Interesting. Man, yeah. I don't know. Finnish. Hmm. Right. I know. I didn't until I moved there. <laughs> and then, you know, I wanted to ask you too, coach. Um, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, how hard is it to go play overseas? Like, what is the process from, you know, uh, trying to enter into the NBA draft and then things don't go that way. And then you're like, okay, well, this is the route of how hard is it? Do you have a tryout and whatnot? It's hard because it's, are you relevant? Do you have momentum? Who's willing to take a chance? So I'll give you two, two examples. I play, I got on cause I, I had a pretty good college career. I got on, I played well. I sat out a season. The team that I went to in Australia didn't, didn't know if they really want, they did actually want to sign me. They wanted to sign my teammate from Finland, but he ended up going to Venezuela. So mm. they saw me and it's like, well, let's look at his teammate. He looks pretty good. Uh, but to their surprise, I, I ended up winning MVP. We're one game away from the championship um, and it worked out well. And also come to find out there were like seven teams in that league that passed on me. My agent said, it was like, nah, he sat out. We don't want to take a chance. So thank goodness that team took a chance. So after winning that MVP, I said, out of the season, everybody in that league wants me when my coach throws my name out there now. So it's one of those things, you build a name, you build a resume. Mm -hmm. The second example is my friend Pat, who's uh, playing overseas. He played with me in college. He played in the G League, got hurt, and no one wanted to give him an opportunity. So we had cut an American on our team, and I told my coach, I was like, well, I got a friend. I played with in college. He's... um, he was injured, so he's home, but he played in a G League. Uh, I was like, I vouch for him. Plays one season, plays well, then he gets another deal. And now, now he's back on track. He's getting deals, and currently he just signed like a multi-year. Um, I believe he's in top league Italy or top league Spain. Wow. But that's just an example where – now this is a guy that's – just call it what it is, made, made some money, and he's still making some money. But he just as easily – could have been in a bad situation had I had my team not given him an opportunity. Now his career has taken off. So it, it's tough, but once you get an opportunity, you definitely have to take advantage of it. Now, is it sort of like the NBA when like, using you as an example, getting the MVP, can you go back and renegotiate now your contract? As far as- yes. Yeah. Definitely can. I mean, you can negotiate all kinds of things from, I want, extra plane tickets for my family to come out. You can negotiate hmm. things like that. If I average this many points, what wow. bonuses will I get? If we make it to this round of the playoffs, you got to give me an extra 2000 bucks. Hmm. Um, and just negotiate like, Hey, I played well, you know, and then let's, let's is, talk. Let me ask endorsements. Are there endorsement deals for you guys? Like commercials, shoes, uh, you know, things of that sort overseas, like Australia. It was, you know what? There is. It depends on what league you can get in. Um, for the league I was in, it wasn't so much. Like I got free items. So like I did a, a Vodafone commercial one time. So I was able to get like a free cell, a free cell phone, like an okay. iPhone at the time, and was able to get like a free hotspot for the entire time that I was out there. And just little perks like that. Oh, that's cool. That is yeah. cool. That's neat. Anybody else? Coach Bob, you had something? No, I'm good. I think you uh, you covered it. Yeah, I got it. The, con- the contract uh, talk was something I was interested. That was in. a good question. Yeah, I was. I know a lot of um of kids that are in college. Uh, I you know have some friends who kids are in college. They're talking about overseas and overseas, and I know they're probably listening to the podcast and they're probably like just soaking it all in. 
So, man, I, I yeah. hope they are, man. And, um, you know, if, if I could be of any use and, and help 10 of these kids, I would definitely say while you're overseas and you're playing or you're, you're being professional, work on something that's not involving basketball because Coach Lance knows um, I was studying while I was overseas. And every time I would come home in my offseason, I would take my uh, credential test to be a teacher. And uh, I always had plans on getting out of basketball early, which is strange. I worked my whole life to play ball and uh, my passion later changed, you know, and mm. I passed my test. I won MVP and uh, I didn't go back. I won yeah. MVP and retired early. No one really understood. My dad didn't understand. Yeah, that was my next my question. Wife. Yeah. I was going to yeah. ask you, did you ever like, I mean, it sounded like the MVP, then it just ended. So that is true. Yeah. yeah wow. it, was, it was just strange. Yeah. I won MVP and played well and, I think it was one of those things, man, where I could have kept playing. There was a lot of uncertainty, like, as to where I'd be, how much money I'd make. But I think I was ready to really put more focus into my family. Mm. Uh, I was ready to – I didn't want to be that guy that finished playing ball and then I'm just now getting into my career mm -hmm. as an educator. Whereas now I'm two to three months away from being a, being a principal credential, wow. right? So no, I, awesome. I sacrificed those years of playing, but also I love what I do right now, mm -hmm. man. I love education. I love reading. I love the, the kids. I love training. Um, so I, I don't, and it's funny, I don't regret leaving when I left, but I do miss living where I lived. I, I miss living out there. I just miss that waking up thinking, dang, I, I literally, I live in Australia. How weird is that? And, and I, that every morning I just thought, I'm breathing air in Australia right now. That's weird. <laughs> you know? and, and then it's uh, it's very tropical out there too, right? I mean, it, does it get really mm -hmm. cold in Australia? Super cold? I would say it's it can get cold depending on where you live. But um, the weather was beautiful. You know, we live pretty close to a beach. Mm. So it was... Uh, it was just, a, it was a beautiful, clean place, man. It was really nice. Sydney was nice. Melbourne was nice. Cairns uh, was warm year round. What city you know? did you live in in Australia? Uh, I lived in Sandringham, which is probably like an hour from uh, Melbourne. Oh, okay. Okay. And then yeah. your support team, I'm sure your wife was a huge supporter. I mean, was she, she disappointed was. on your decision? Was she like, no, Gosh, babe, you know what, man, my wife was actually a huge supporter. Um, Cause she went with me out there. Uh, you know, she watched after the, watched after our son and, she was actually one of the first people I told, the first person I told when I, I didn't know if I want to play. And she didn't try to talk me out of it. You know, she made it very clear, like, you know, if this is what you want to do, you know, I support you. But she was like, just make sure that you're okay with the decision. I don't want you to quit. And then like, you're regretting it a year later, two years later. Um, so she was definitely uh, supportive, but she also held me accountable. You know, it was one of those things where she's like, look, if you quit, get into this education, you know, get into it. Don't, don't quit and just, you know, sit around, which I'm definitely not that kind of guy anyway, but mm -hmm. supportive and, um, and stand on me. Mm, okay. So, Hey, check this out. I have a little uh, segment here that I like to, you know, play with the guests a little bit. And it's for uh, the people that are listening and watching to get to okay. uh, know you a bit. So uh, I'm going to just go ahead and um, rapid fire some words and you got, you have to choose one. Okay. So okay. let's go with, uh, and if you coaches, if you guys have some too, feel free to fire in. Okay. Nike or Reebok? Nike. Oh, okay. I always say this one, USC or UCLA? 
I'm going to say UCLA. Mm, okay. Chick-fil-A or Popeye's? Oh, oh. You're breaking my heart now. I'm hitting you hard. I don't know if I'm going to lose a card on this one, but I'm going to have to say Chick-fil-A. What's that, Coach Bob? What's that, Coach Bob? to slide out this way. You're, you're done. Oh, yeah, it's probably oh, man. The oh, Dell. No. The Dell right oh, now is going crazy. Oh, yeah. They're losing their mind on me on that one. <laughs> the Dell. Okay, I got one for you. This one's sad, and I will go with a different route. Uh, Taco Bell or McDonald's? I'm going to go Taco Bell. Oh, okay. Nice choice. Coaches, do you guys have any? No. I, I, no? Okay. I, I like either one of them. I got one. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go with the, what's your, your favorite professional basketball team? I'm gonna have one. to. I'm gonna say the Pelicans. Ooh, I like your choice, man. Yeah, I like that. It better be the Pelicans, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, no, you gotta respect that. You gotta respect that. Uh, professional baseball team. Uh, I'm going to have to go with. I'm gonna go with the Giants because since I moved here, that that's the games I've gone to. Um, and they're kind of like that little River Cats extension. I really like those River Cats. So I've been following the Giants. Oh, a nice, bit. nice. And then I'm going to ask you uh, last one here. Mm-hmm. Rockland or Whitney? Hey, you better hey. choose right. You better, better choose, choose right. right. There's, pe- There's people got, listening. And I got, and I, I tell you what, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to go Whitney. Yes, man, good choice. I, 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 I love my Rockland boys. Hey, good, I good, love my hey, Rockland boys. Hey, who cares about the boys, all right? That was the <laughs> right choice, my man. Right choice. The hell Everybody's with the boys. Like, uh, boys I'm sh- like Rockland. They're like, coach is now fired. We'll <laughs> him like, yeah, you couldn't say that. That's just disrespect, <laughs> man. Yeah, uh, if you guys didn't know, Coach John is also a coach over at Whitney High School, local high school here in Rockland. Um, Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that's pretty much, oh, you know what? I had one question, coach. What, what made What's you that? move to Rockland? You know what? I, um, my mother-in-law lived in Lincoln and we would always come to visit in the summer. My mm. wife's like, uh, Hey, if I got a job, would you be willing to move to California? I'm like, sure. You know, I, yeah. I'm thinking, all right, all right. Yeah, sure. If you get a job and then literally a week later, Hey, I got a job. I'm like, whoa. Oh, <laughs> did wifey grow up here in Lincoln or no? No, my, my wife actually grew up uh, in Palos Verdes. Oh, so, so she so grew good. up out. Yeah. Out there in PV. Uh, oh. And then they moved to Louisiana. Baller. I would say around in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yes. PV, man. I know yeah. about Palos Verdes. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. They, yeah. And grew up then, then moved to Louisiana freshman, sophomore year and it ended up being one of the best decisions of my life, man, moving out here. I, I, I moved here, didn't know what to expect. I would have never thought I'd make the friends I made, <laughs> the opportunities I had. Uh, yeah, I'm it's just been you. a blessing. No, man, you're a blessing to us. I mean, us as parents, um, you know, coaching our kids. Um, you're a great human being, too. I'm telling you guys, it's just not, uh, you know, kissing up the coach because he's on our podcast. He really is a great guy, a wealth of knowledge. Um Coaches, do you guys have a coach quote of the day? I always did you guys uh, did you guys look one up at all? Did you guys have mm-hmm. one in mind, or maybe uh, I don't want to you know put our guests on the spot, but Coach John, <laughs> do you have a quote that you I love? do? Oh, oh yes, Coach John's got I one. I think I think I have. It's uh, I think it was I think it was Drew Hanlon. Okay. Uh, when he was training uh, Kelly Oubre and a couple of guys, 
and uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of uh, work hard, work smart, work consistent. Uh, you can't do one of those things or two of those things uh, if you want to see results. Um, and that was pretty much it. And just thinking about it, uh, I thought about how, how does that apply? Um, there's a lot of kids who work hard and work smart, but they, they don't do it very much. There's some guys that work very hard, but they're not working on the right things. That's like going in the gym, getting a thousand jump shots up, but your elbow's sticking out here. That's mm -hmm. not very smart. So I think that that really stuck out to me. I like that one. We'll let that one just marinate with everybody out there listening. That's for sure. So, yeah, I guess this wraps it up. Coach John Pashan, thank you so much for being here on our, our podcast, man. I'm telling you, you're a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure all of our listeners and our viewers um, probably love this podcast. I mean, don't forget, guys, we're going to have all of the links down in the description below, too. Coach Lance will have that in there. If you guys want to contact us, DM us with any questions or scenarios. We'll be more than happy uh, to uh, answer them on the podcast next week. And like I said, check us out um, live on Twitch. It's a, it's, it's a little bit different than uh, listening to us. Um, you get to see all the uncut, unedited, um, you know, facial expressions and you know, like we're, we're one of these days, we're going to have that video thing working with Coach Bob. He's going to get that video working. <laughs> and we can look things up and um, it'll be fun, though. And I'm pretty sure that this isn't going to be the only podcast that you're going to be on as far as ours goes. I mean, you're going to be a guest on ours whenever because you're just a wealth of knowledge, Coach John. Um, we really appreciate your time taken away oh, from man. your family, too, as well. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best. I mean, I see you every other day, pretty much. So, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. I know, I know. On behalf of all of us coaches, we wish you and your family a uh, Merry Christmas. Um, but not only that, though, for uh, Coach Bob Mack, for Coach Tom Tran who left early, and for Coach Lance O'Hara, I'm Coach Mel Morasco. We are signing off. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Much love and aloha.